I don't see any reason why it's worse recharging with a video game than it is for me to sit down and watch a movie. Just because somebody else doesn't understand it doesn't mean it's not valid. Right. We all have our own hobbies that other people don't understand, yeah. right? All of yeah. those hobbies have the same potential dangers, too. Absolutely. Like we could spend way too much time on any of those things and forsake right. real-life responsibilities. Right. We have to be careful about that no matter what exactly. form of media we're We have to about. be grown-ups about it and say, right. I have to set some boundaries on myself, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I can't turn it into something that can give life to the rest of my life. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Real Talk, a show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. The name of this episode is Leveling Up. We're talking about gaming, which I know Isaac and I are really excited about. Yes. Because we're gamers. I'm curious, Kara. <laughs> About How your level of excitement for this episode, because I'm, you're not yeah. quite in the same place as we are on this issue. I'm interested. I'll say okay. that. I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. Ah. And I have a little bit of history with gaming. So I, you know, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be the expert in this roundtable discussion, but I'll be at the table. We'll say that. We, we need some non-experts in this <laughs> yeah. discussion because we want to cover things fairly, right? We want to yes. cover right. some of the pros of gaming, which Isaac and I could probably ramble on about forever. Yes. forever and we also want to talk about some of the criticisms that often pop up around gaming, things like, is it too addicting? Does it yes. socially isolate you? What about violence or extreme content? That's a big issue right. today. Mm -hmm. So we want to be very real and candid about some of those issues as well. So are we leveling up the discussion of the uh -huh. gaming world, leveling, hey. bringing it both into okay. so leveling up as in yeah, yeah bringing taking a level bringing look balance. at both sides, yes, yeah, balance yeah. to the force. There basically. you go. I like it. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about on Real Talk today. Before we get into that, I want to go to our shameless plug for this week, and this is like the most difficult <laughs> plug of all shameless plugs to give. Yes, because we're talking about money, mm. and I hate talking about money. Amen. And needing money. <laughs> it's just really not that fun. But yet it's a reality for all of us, right? I mean, we yeah. did that episode a while back about personal finances, right? Mm. That's a thing that obviously is really, really important. And it's a really important thing for ministries as well, right. including Real FM. Yeah. And so here's kind of what we wanted to throw out real quick for the shameless plug. Real FM is a listener supported ministry. OK, so that means that, you know, we don't play commercials. We don't do any of that kind of stuff for advertising. We allow supporters to donate to the station to support Real FM and what we're doing here. That includes the radio station, the podcasts, all of that kind of stuff. And so we want to ask if you would consider becoming a Real FM supporter, because that's how Real FM is going to continue to grow. Mm. And if there's one thing I've heard from people, listeners of the podcast and of the radio station, it's when is Real FM going to grow and become bigger and mm. have more reach, right? right. Yeah. We want the radio station to be on an FM signal in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. We want the podcast to reach more people. That's exactly what we want as well. Right. Part of the reality <laughs> of that is we're listener supported and that's what it's going to take for this to grow, right? right. You know, we ask you to be a part of how we format the station. We want you to give yes. us your opinions. And so we're just inviting you. This is another way uh, to be a part of Real FM. And thank you for considering that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people I know, uh, I, probably all of us in this room have like a Spotify yes. premium subscription. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, $10 a month, I think is what that is. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even just something like that to Real FM. We're not talking about hundreds of, sure. If you have, if you're a millionaire, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't yes. shut it down let's, if they're wanting. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Let's chat Jeez. about that. But for most of us, that's probably what it looks like, right? 
right. maybe a $10 a month kind of support level, similar to what you would pay to get Spotify premium. Right. But in this case, you're supporting a local station, a local ministry that on into the future is going to be doing really good work right here in Northwest Arkansas. So yeah, we'd yeah. be honored if you consider that. And that's all we're going to say about that. Okay. <laughs> the end. Let's go into what we're into this week. I think I'm starting. What I'm into is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh. Because who isn't into the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> lately? Yeah, that's true. So a couple weekends ago, the new Avengers movie came out. Yes. It's oh. a big, big deal right now. I haven't seen it, so what? no spoilers. I haven't either. No spoilers. You guys. I know. But here's why. I have a good reason, Isaac. And this is exactly why I'm into the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> at the moment. My wife and I went back. We realized that we had missed a couple of these movies. Oh, okay. Because a few weeks ago, we made the mistake of watching Civil War. Right. We were about three-fourths of the way through the movie <laughs> when we kind of like looked at each other and went, I have no freaking idea. <laughs> what is happening in this movie right now. I don't even know who that character is. Uh, I don't understand why those people are mad at each other. None of this makes any sense. Why is there a war? And see, I feel like some of the earlier MCU movies stood on their own a little bit more. Right. Yes. And certain ones still do, like maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy or Or Doctor Strange Strange, or some of these. You can kind of watch them a little better in isolation. That one in particular, I was like, I just have no idea what's going on here. Right. And we made the mistake of thinking that we had watched a couple like Winter Soldier and a couple ones that we actually didn't watch. So we missed some very, very key plot developments in like Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron that made Civil War make absolutely no sense. And I was like, (laughs) if I go watch Infinity War at this point without having seen these movies, I'm going to have no idea what's going Uh, on. Right. And that's not. Is that correct? I mean, oh, the entire movie really is. In fact, someone had your basic thought, only they saw it. Infinity War uh-huh. and they were oh, like no. their critique of it was it makes no sense if you haven't seen the other movies and right. everyone was like dude that's the point <laughs> Duh, that's yeah. the like, point this it's movie, the culmination of all the other ones right it has oh. no holdbacks like you have to know what you're getting into there oh, okay. are callbacks to other movies you're doing yourself okay. a favor if you watch so I, I want to go see this movie right. don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. but I'm like I gotta check all these other ones off first see, so yeah. over the last week my wife and I we've been watching like a Marvel movie at night like, oh. which is what you have to do if you want to finish them before like 2022 Right. Because there's 18 billion of them. Um, <laughs> Not actually. There's actually, but there right. are 19. I counted. Wow. There's 19 of these movies. At first, my wife and I, we were like, we should go back and watch all of them in order again so that we'll uh-huh. be fresh right. for, for Infinity War. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, wait, there's 19 of them. Never mind. Never mind. That'll right. take us like three years <laughs> at the rate we watch movies. Right. <laughs> so we we're like, OK, no, we're just going to watch the ones that we, we haven't wow. watched. So lately okay. we've watched yeah, Winter Soldier. We watched Age of Ultron. We've watched Civil War again. Wow. And it made a lot more sense the second time around and now I think we have uh, Ragnarok I think is what we need to watch I still haven't seen Ragnarok okay oh. so I, I've got to watch yeah. that one Black Panther we watched out of order so we have seen that oh, one yeah, so yeah. I think now I'm just like one movie away I want to see Ragnarok first. Yeah. And okay. then I think I'll be caught up. See, I'm way behind. I'm like more behind than you are. And yeah. I was going to go see it next weekend. So I'm glad that you told me that because now I'm like, oh no, I have to catch up. <laughs> are you so buying many. all the movies or just renting them? No, mostly just renting them or watching them on streaming services oh, wherever yeah. I can find them. That's I literally fair. just Google like the name of the movie and streaming to find out oh, what streaming sure. service it's on yeah. and then yeah. try to go find it there. So yeah. do you have like a comprehensive list that you can send me of like what yes, order you're supposed I, to watch them in? To, we'll have to post that on like social media or something yeah, i need to know because yeah. yes i found a really good article that yeah. has not actually the order that they were released but like right. a chronological viewing Ooh. recommendation 
of like, I, this is the order we recommend you watch them I for them to make the most sense. It's almost like pairing so, a meal with a wine. It's like, I know. Yeah. Before you have Infinity War, right. you need a nice Captain need, America. Right. <laughs> a few drops of Captain America and a quick swig of Iron Man. <laughs> You'll That's be prepared so awesome. to enjoy the delicious concoction of Infinity War. A wonderful palate. <laughs> awesome. All right. What I'm into this week is a podcast. I mean, besides our podcast, of course. <laughs> You're into the real talk ah, podcast. So awesome. You guys should totally listen. <laughs> Me <No>. too. <laughs> I am into the typology podcast which a friend of mine introduced me to a couple weeks ago. And I, that day, went and downloaded like 15 episodes and of was course. like, I must listen to all of them. So this is a podcast about the Enneagram, which we've uh, talked about before, mm. how I geek out about personality typing right. systems. This is something that is kind of on fire right now in the personality world. It's the Enneagram. Everybody is talking about this. I think it's a fairly new podcast developed by Egan Morgan Cron. So he wrote a book about the Enneagram called The Road Back to You. And I actually haven't read that book, but I've heard really good things about it. Basically, this podcast explores all these different Enneagram types. But what's cool is that they don't just explore it like in a clinical way, like, let me explain to you what the Enneagram 2 is. Like they have conversations mm. with people who are each type. Oh, so they'll have like, fun. yeah, so they'll have an interview with like, OK, say we're having an interview with this well-known person today who's a type 2. Well, then another one, they have like a panel of twos and they have this conversation around like, what is your hey. life? like what do you struggle with and what is this like and they joke and they talk about oh yeah that's a real thing that's a struggle this is hard this is good yeah Isaac is I'm, downloading I'm literally it downloading this now that's so cool it's so good, good you guys I've listened to I, I don't even know how many in the last couple of weeks five or six and I just am eating it up even if it's not the one about my type I feel like I'm learning so sure. much so. that's the tempting thing about all of those personality things right is to focus on your own type which is good yeah I'm not saying that's a problem or anything but I've found it really rewarding to learn about yeah. other people's it types is. as well. It is. And go like, how can I understand these people better? Right. I probably, I obviously have things to learn about myself, but I have a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. head start there yeah. compared to understanding other people. So exactly. I think that would be really helpful. It's really cool. And the Enneagram is a pretty complicated system. And so it's nice if you can have an entry point into it that doesn't feel so overwhelming because mm. I've been yeah. trying to learn about it for like over a year and I'm still a little bit like, Ugh. so this was a really helpful way to kind of get a little bit of a better grasp without feeling like I had to spend 10 hours studying. Yeah. Just yeah. be like, I'm just going to listen to Egan Morgan Cron explain it. And it's entertaining and it's fun and they do a really good job. Can so. I ask a Enneagram newbie question? Yes. Is this a test you can take for free or is it something that you have to pay for? So that is debatable uh -huh. oh, no. <laughs> among Enneagram experts. Some of them say, that the free tests aren't as accurate because it's so complicated. You kind of maybe should pay. I've never actually paid. So there's different theories about how you should go about this. There are tests you can take online, pay like 10 bucks and it supposedly tells you. Some people say you should do that. I think actually on this podcast, the very first episode, they talk about how to determine your type. Okay. And I haven't actually listened to that, which I should have. But sometimes people say, just learn about them. And as you learn, you'll gravitate towards mm. one that is more like you, the more you learn and understand about them. But if you want to start on an easier plane, maybe starting with the introductory episode where he actually explains how to find your type gotcha. might be a good idea. So what I'm into this week is really stupid. So I apologize. <laughs> this is genuinely what I'm into. Okay. Okay. There's a book online for $10. It's called Uh-huh Honey, a book compiling the best tweets of Kanye West. <laughs> did you buy this book? I did. Whoa! <laughs> you spent $10 so, on Kanye West tweets. So it's awesome. not, the book isn't in yet, but oh, okay. I've, you I've looked gotten up, it. No, I've looked up some previews of it. Kanye West is in the news right now. He's made a lot of outlandish statements. He was in the news this morning just saying really interesting Kanye things, which... Huh. <laughs> <laughs> been a long-standing thing like if you're a it's kind of his 
his big, MO. right? Yeah. Kanye does Kanye, and the world kind of just like <laughs> reacts to Kanye doing Kanye. I'm going to read you some of these tweets, though, that the book features. Mm. I should also add that the book also has like terrible doodle drawings to illustrate the tweets. Oh, Ooh, awesome. Okay, that does sound like a little value added there. Oh, sounds promising. Because I was wondering, I was like, couldn't you just look at his timeline? You could. But you would miss the doodles, I guess. But this artist doodles <laughs> terribly, I might add. Like just uh, second grader doodles. Okay. One of my favorite. They're oddly profound, though, some of them. He has one as a creative. Your ideas are your strongest form of currency. You need like a gong being hit. Yeah. With that. <laughs> Another one. It's like a fortune. Cookie. <laughs> you have to protect your ability to create at all costs. Oh. And then this drawing accompanying it. It's a stick figure protecting a rock that says create. <laughs> Oh my god. From an incoming meteorite that says uh, all costs. <laughs> I can kind of just imagine Kanye actually doing that, yeah. having a rock that says that create says on create. it that he protects. This is my create rock. <laughs> Protect it at all costs. I'll die it. defending it. <laughs> but I, I've been oh, obsessed man. with Kanye's tweets lately. I'm the popcorn guy. Like, I grab the popcorn when the right. drama happens. Oh, man. So uh, it's topical. I've been reading all of Kanye's tweets lately, and I'm like, That's I'm going to make a $10 investment into this. <laughs> And really just jump in. It's amazing. I look forward to your full book review once you get it in. I'll be posting it soon. All right, it is time for the Swagger Scale, where we own our awkwardness. And I have something written here on our sheet. (laughs) It's very promising. Yes, uh, that uh, we put together when we're doing our podcast preparation. And what I wrote down was public bathrooms. (laughs) Which probably oh, needs dear. a little bit of explanation, mm-hmm. but you can already kind of get a sense probably where we're going with this. <laughs> yep. So this isn't like some horrible, <laughs> disastrous episode. It's good. But something that's a little more common, I feel like, in terms of just awkward situations sure. that happen to pop up. Mm. And, and so I'm kind of wanting to feel this out a little bit with you guys and see like, is this something that is a universal thing or, or is this just <laughs> oh, me? Man. Okay. okay. So I'm at church a couple of weeks ago. I get to church. I'm like, oh, I kind of got to go to the bathroom, right? So I make my way back towards the bathroom. Our church is uh, kind of a medium sized church, not super small, not super huge, Uh but we don't have like big, huge bathrooms or anything with like tons of stalls or anything like that. It's just like a couple, Uh, right? In a relatively small (laughs) bathroom. I walk back there and I come up to the door and I can tell somebody's already in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's not a one person bathroom. So I could go in and and (laughs) still like use another stall or or whatever. But I'm like, oh no, there's a person in there. I don't know if I want to go in there. Uh So, So I kind of like, I'm not sure what to do or where to go though <laughs> yeah because i don't really have anywhere to go except for to the bathroom right and i don't, don't want to i don't want to go in you're in I, orbit i don't want to wait like right outside the door so that awkward. when they open the door i'm just like hey <laughs> i was waiting on you. i'm just hanging out here waiting <laughs> for you, you? <laughs> so i kind of like do one of those just random i'm walking nowhere things where uh, i kind of just do like a loop yeah. around yes. somewhere yes. and kind of like circle back around i'm like oh look i happen to be back in the bathroom now and now i'm gonna and somebody else had gone in while oh, I was gone. Oh, no. So there was still someone. That, so basically, I spent like an entire Sunday morning needing to go to the bathroom and oh. refusing to go because there was always somebody in there. Oh, no. Does I mean, 
Am I the only one that does this? Because like I have this thing really about funny. going to the bathroom with other people. Right. It just it, it, it feels like awkward. a private thing. That should not. This be is me shared. time. And yet, exactly. And yet, somehow, I mean, it is me time. At my house, we have one of my favorite features of my new house was the fact that we had like a bathroom within the bathroom. We had a washroom. Is that what it's called? Yes. Like where there's a yeah. toilet room. Yeah. Like a little room just for your toilet with it's, a door that yes. closes. They call it the water closet in England. Right. So I can yeah. just like lock myself in there oh, and have is... my my me time <laughs> that I need. You were know? strangers coming in your home bathroom as well? Is no, but my problem? wife and my children were. <laughs> I swear, guys, my wife and my kids, they have like a they radar. Have, are they uh, fearless? They're like... <laughs> Anson's on the toilet. Anson's on the toilet. Get to the bathroom. All personnel to the bathroom, please. All personnel to the bathroom. Walkie-talkie system. Oh, my god! And they all just, like, show up. I, like, all I've been once. here for, like, two minutes, and they're all like, hey, Dad, what's going on? I'm like, <laughs> well, I am pooping. <laughs> and I, I was not planning on sharing that with you. <sighs> but now I am. So I got this. Yeah, we moved into our new house, got the water closet. I could lock the door. Oh my God. And now they just gather outside the door. It's like, like hey, Anson, hey, what's going on <laughs> in there? Sliding notes I'm under like, the door. I'm not here. Leave me alone. <laughs> but then as a society, we made this ridiculous decision to see how many bathroom stalls we can uh, smash into a single room yeah. yes. so that we can all do it corporately. Yeah. And I don't understand. A decision. We have actually here at work a two stall bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And whenever I go in there, I lock the door. Right. Because I'm not cool with I don't like that no. right. idea. And it's when weird. there is somebody else in there, like when somebody else didn't lock the I, I feel really awkward. Okay, about so it. I'm not the only one. No, I'm like, this is you should know. Like, Why something fear? really sad and terrible? What? The lock on the men's bathroom here <gasps> does not work. No. It doesn't. Nope. You can lock it and it seems like it works, but then when someone else comes and just opens okay. the door, it just opens. Boop. That is really it's terrible. I've, and I've had that experience on I'm several <laughs> occasions. So many times. <laughs> I know that. I've been on both experience. ends of that, yeah. both opening and uh, being opened on. Right. Well, you guys need like a sign yes. occupied like I outside. hate public bathrooms because I don't like yeah. the small talk that happens oh, when you're at the sink right? at yeah. the same time as someone right. else yes. I hate that and I intentionally make people feel uncomfortable when they try to <laughs> I shut it down like, like don't talk to me like how stuff's going I'm like man you know I'm in a bathroom with you right now trying to talk to me <laughs> <laughs> That's how things are going right now. Okay, so I'm I'm not the only no, one that feels you're awkward. They're awful. That. Even the bigger ones, it's yeah, still kind of like bad it's too. just I don't know. I always I just avoid if I can getting anywhere near a person. Like if they're really big ones, I'm right. like at all costs. But then of course someone comes in and is like right next to you, and you're like, right. dude, why would you have to yeah. be like? There that? are like 13 urinals in yeah, this bathroom. Please. <laughs> You don't have you to saddle be right, up you don't right, have next to be right next to me. <laughs> really? This okay, is so I feel weird. like it's got to be ten times worse for guys. I'm sorry, I can't even. I cannot even imagine trying to be a guy and like go there. No, the, urinal, had, the urinal thing is interesting. I had terrible. a very large guy stand next to me and his shoulder touched no! my shoulder. Ooh, no, I wanted to no. scream. No, 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 no. It was not no. Okay. There's a protocol <laughs> at the urinals that you're supposed to follow. Oh, that's good. I mean, you don't touch. You don't make, you don't make eye contact. You look straight ahead. No conversation. No conversation. Yeah, but every. Once in a while, it gets violated. Were you able it's just to? Awful for everyone. Were you able to visit the potty at, at your church? <laughs> yeah. So the thing was, I had to like get up out of the service after oh. the service had started to go. When everyone like, else was sitting, I was down. like, right. If yeah. I go during the service, no one else will be in there because everyone else will be oh. worshiping God. <laughs> Instead of thinking that's what about we're supposed the to be doing, instead of going, nope, I'm going to use my worship time to go to the bathroom because I'm too embarrassed to go oh while someone else is in there. You know what? We serve a God full of grace. And I think that you're okay. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. I appreciate okay. that. Oh my gosh. I needed to hear that that's today. That's amazing. Crushing it, celebrating our successes, big and small. 
Guys, I'm actually really excited about this one this week, Crushing It. I kind of realized last minute, I was like, what's my Crushing It this week? And I was thinking of all these things, and I was like, wait a minute, I actually have a real thing. On a previous episode, we talked about budgeting and money, and how about a year ago, actually sat down with Anson and his wife, and they graciously walked me through the budgeting process, because I was failing miserably at it on my own, and I have tried over and over and over again to start a budget and failed. And finally, with these guys' help, I found a system that worked for me. So I started, I think it was in January of last year. So within that time, I finished paying off my school loans, which was a big deal. I only had a little bit left. And then I ended up having to get a new car unexpectedly, which I had started saving for, but I didn't have a lot yet. And so I was really discouraged because I was like, oh man, I just started this budget process. And now I'm like having to Mm. take out a small loan. And I feel really discouraged about that. But I started immediately putting money towards it. And my dad the other day, who's kind of helping me manage how to get that money where it needs to go. Sure. He was like, hey, you only have one payment left on your car. Oh, and I my was like, gosh. Excuse me. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you're almost done. It's this much money and you're done. And I was like, no way. I was so stoked. That is awesome. So that's this month. I am done paying off my car. My school loans are gone. I did not think this was possible, you guys. Mm, and you can be debt free. That's a thing. <laughs> I still have. There's another little loan that I have to pay my dad for something that he helped me with a couple years ago. So it's not like I'm totally done, but I sure. cannot believe the progress that I made in a year. I didn't know this was a thing no, that was so possible. Awesome. And now I'm like dreaming about, oh, if I could do that, then I could save for this thing over mm. here. And so Anson's been listening to me like geek out and be excited about this. And I'm not, I don't feel like I'm good at this. So this is why I'm so excited about this is because no, yeah. people helped me and I used a tool called YNAB. It's an app called You Need a Budget. And I was able to do this thing that felt overwhelming to me. And I'm so excited. It's so, so exciting. I am super thrilled for you. Yes, thank you. Because it's true. Like the budgeting thing is kind of this downhill snowball kind right. of thing. Yeah. Where like the hardest part is getting going. It is. And like once you can get that momentum going and you start to see things happen, yeah. like it gives you so much motivation to keep sure. going so because true. you start seeing things getting paid off. You start to realize right. like what it's actually doing for yes. you. Not just like financially, but emotionally oh and mentally, because it really does touch all of those things too. Yeah, it right? does. And let's be real. I'm still not really good at this in some areas. Like I am overspending in my budgets still. I still have a long way to go, but just looking back and being able to say what in the world in a year I did that. Yes. That's so exciting. Having that like start to finish process must be really cool. Like that's, are you now pricing like yachts and (laughs) (laughs) I've paid off my car. Yeah. Now we get that hot air balloon we talked about. (laughs) It's so true though, Kara, like what you said about not being there yet or not feeling good at it. I just want to make one point real quick, which is that (laughs) supposedly I am theoretically good at it with air quotes because I I helps other people with this. That's something my wife and I are really passionate about. Every couple of months, my wife and I are having conversations about, well, we messed this up. We didn't do that right. Right. We've got to make changes here. Nobody is perfect at it. Exactly. And I'm not, you're not, nobody is. And that's part of the experience though, is is learning Mm -hmm. to be okay with that and to not give up despite that. And, and to, so, yeah. and to know that like something is better than nothing. Right. So Absolutely. even if I'm not doing it perfectly, at least I'm doing something and that something is going a long way. That's right. exactly what resonated with me when we had our like yes. financial podcast, like having a plan is better than just being like, exactly. I have cash. I need money. Exactly. <laughs> what do I do? Just yeah. getting started and getting that snowball moving is yes. going to make all the difference. Yeah. And huge. then you're going to be able to make progress year by year by year, just like yes. you're doing. Now it's time for Would You Rather, the Real Talk podcast, great value brand, 
of role playing. This is the <laughs> knockoff choose your own adventure. Yes. Today I am picking the topic. I'm so happy about this. Anson <laughs> and Kara really. are I'm my nervous. adventurers. Okay. Guys, would you rather always walk on your tiptoes or always run in circles? <laughs> Always run in circles. Wow. So wait, to go from point A to point B, you'd just be making like concentric circles all the way yeah. down? Oh, that could be funny. Oh, dear. Oh, so dear. You could that probably, is not funny. You could probably oh. that would be extremely tiring. You could yeah. probably pick the length of the circle. Like you could have a big oh, half a circle. Yeah, circle. Yeah, like little curly yeah. cues. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> or walking on your tiptoes. Oh, man. Kara, I'm going to let you take a stab at this one first while I think. Yeah. I got to say, I mean, it has to be walking on your tiptoes, right? I mean, that'll be hard, but... Eventually, you'd hope you'd build up muscles. Have you ever seen ballerinas' feet? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's like that's That's, what you're talking about, right? It's a good point. It's intense. It's not good. That's a good point. That would hurt. That would hurt a lot. But you'd look really sneaky, (laughs) and people would be impressed with how sneaky you are. Like, think of the stealth points you would have if you're always tiptoeing. Like, do you see Kara? Does Kara seem sneakier? What's Kara doing? Does she have secrets? No, she just uh, walks like that. What's with the burlap bag of money she's <laughs> constantly amazing. walking around oh with? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would be so constantly like caught off guard because <laughs> Kara would be like, hey, what's up? Like, whoa, like where'd you where'd you come from? How'd gotta you put get a, here? Like, gotta put a bell on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Maybe if you still had those accordion legs from last time <laughs> while you were tiptoeing, that would be tip-toeing. a good balance. Where do you think you the accordions would be quiet they if you're on your tiptoes? Yeah. It would softer. More <laughs> ambient accordion <laughs> oh my goodness so okay the circles thing i mm-hmm. mean it would be really really aggravating yeah and everywhere you, yeah you would get exercise and i do uh, need more exercise true. Like, think, think about how garbage you would be in an emergency though <laughs> Oh my Anson, gosh. just That's get over point. here. Like, Anson, the building's on fire. Run. I'm like, okay. <laughs> figure eight I'll your way out of that place. I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> As I'm figure eighting out and Kara's tiptoeing out of the fire, <laughs> trying not to alarm it. Like, <laughs> neither of these are good. Yeah. Uh, the whole point of it would you rather. Right, yeah. Wow. I, don't I am know not this. sure. I think I still feel like I would maybe go with the circles one. Really? But you get dizzy, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I accept my fate. I made a choice and now I immediately regret my decision. <laughs> I think the circles would be pretty fun to watch. It would be fun to I watch. Mean, you could yeah. do them larger, like if you didn't want to get dizzy. Think about a narrow hallway. You're just yeah. absolutely done. Oh my gosh. There's no way out of that. You will never stop spinning. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those dreams you like lay down at night and you just dream about a movement or yes. like a like swimming or yeah. falling. Know, something like yeah, yeah. falling or yeah. like uh-huh. I would have like circle dreams every oh, single night. Oh yeah, like, you would. You'd lay down and you'd and just be moving in circles. You would have like, like constant over. vertigo. That, yeah. would, that, that would, would be awful. Okay, would be never terrible. mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm gonna tiptoe. I'm gonna okay. be sneaky. We're tip-toe gonna be sneaky together. Yeah. Uh, you're picking sneaky too. Yeah. This does fit in with my long running habit of picking things that I can use nefariously. Oh, right? it does. I could maybe be a better like pickpocket or could robber a, or something. So a better villain. Sneak up on people. Yeah. Like the cartoon. I feel like the cartoon. It would be very cartoony though. Where are always on their tiptoes aren't right. they like yeah. yeah i would need like a, a black um, mask and like a black and white striped shirt you yeah. know like the classic criminal like uh, kind the of follow-up to this question really should be like would you have nefarious music playing behind you <laughs> 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 
the Pink Panther. Yeah, the Pink Panther. Yes. Yes. That would be like the soundtrack. For, ideal. That's whereas ideal. like you'd play like clown music if you were doing the concentric circle thing. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Whatever that chicken song is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the chicken dance. <laughs> All right, I'm going on my tiptoes. <laughs> tiptoes Ballerina are feet, here I come. It is time for the conversation. Leveling up. We're talking about playing games or not playing games, <laughs> depending on who you are yes. or uh, how addicted you are to them, <laughs> what you should or should not be doing as it relates to games. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of start there. Like, what is our personal relationship, our personal experiences with games? Don't want to spend too much time on this. Yeah. Yeah. But just for a little bit of context. Yeah. You know, did you play games starting at a very young age? Mm. Are you a gamer? Would you consider yourself one? Have you always been one? Yeah. Isaac, let's start with you. Kind of what's your brief history of Isaac's experience with gaming? So I've always been a gamer for as long as I can remember. And that goes about as far back as the Nintendo 64 console. That was like my jam. I didn't have one. My neighbors did, though. So you can guess who my best friends were at the time. (laughs) That's right. I was over there all the time. And ever since it got started with me, it's always been kind of a social interaction thing. Yes. It was never really something that I did myself to zone out out or escape. Like Mm -hmm. it was always 10 people surrounded by a TV yelling at someone not to mess up when they're playing Mario. That's always been (laughs) games for me. And I've kind of continued that from childhood through college up to now post-grad and that's Mm. still very much a thing. I've always been a gamer as well. I started with the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original NES. Yes. I had Super Mario Brothers and my favorite game perhaps still of all time Tecmo Super Bowl. Oh man. Which came out in 1991 or somewhere around there. It was like the first real like licensed NFL football game (laughs) Uh, where you could play through like an entire season. Nice. Oh my gosh. I was so I'm kind of a little nervous to use the word addicted, but I think I'm going I'm to go there. I was so addicted to that game. My mom had to designate Tecmo days oh, on the calendar. Seriously. So she had this green marker. I still remember. I was probably in like kindergarten, <laughs> first hilarious. grade at this time. She would put a dot on the calendar on the days where I was allowed to play Tecmo. Oh my god! And the days that I was not. Incredible. Because if she did not do that, I probably would have been playing it every single day. <laughs> so I went from the Nintendo Entertainment System to the Super Nintendo, yep. the Nintendo 64 was a big deal yeah and i wanted one so bad and i finally got one for christmas a couple years later and and played the snot out of that thing and then basically had every nintendo console ever made before i got into xbox and pc gaming and all that stuff i still play as an adult too i know some of my friends have kind of fallen off of that it's still a hobby of mine that i enjoy so i've been a gamer my whole life as well i would not put myself currently in the category of gamer but It was definitely a part of my life growing up. And maybe some of that was just me riding on the coattails of my older brothers. Mm, uh. So we had the classic Nintendo console and yes, played lots of Mario uh, one, two and three on that one. Super Nintendo. I remember that was a huge deal when we got that. Lots of Mario on that as well. Do you guys remember Mario World? I think. Yes. Super Super Mario World. Do you guys remember Mario Paint? Yes, I do. I had Mario Paint. That was the best. That was that was the best game in the world. Like blue. You had like the actual like computer mouse kind of thing plugged into it. That was like a special game. I was really excited whenever I got to play that one and make the songs with the funny little animals and noises. I remember that. So funny. And then color the pictures. Anyway, okay. I can't go on too long about Mario Paint. That was fun. Let's see. The other gaming system I had, I got a Sega Genesis when I was for like Christmas or birthday when I was in like maybe fifth grade. And I remember I had a Sonic the Hedgehog game and a Lion King game. (laughs) Nice. And I played that thing. And that was more of a 
solitary. Yeah. Actually, all of video gaming, now that I think about it, for me was more solitary. I don't know if that's because I'm more introverted, but Mm. that is an interesting observation that you made, Isaac. But I would just kind of get lost in it. And so I think that really lasted only through about grade school during that time is when I was kind of obsessed with it. But uh, I do have actually a funny story about video games. Can I tell you that's um, slightly traumatic, but hilarious. (laughs) So in this phase where I was really into these, my um, brother and sister-in-law were really good gamers. Like they were in high school. So I was like much younger than my oldest brother. He was like 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. They were expert gamers. We had a Super Nintendo and they would bring his girlfriend brought her game of like Mario World, I think it was. And she had like beaten all the levels, right? (laughs) Which meant I could play anyone I wanted, which Mm -hmm. was super fun. The work had been done. The work was done. It was a beautiful thing. And so one night I'm sitting on the floor playing this game. You know when those little alerts pop up and you don't really think about it and you just press a button and it goes (sighs) away? Something happened and I pressed a button and then suddenly I couldn't get to all of the levels that I wanted to. And so I went and got my (laughs) big brother and sister-in-law, new sister-in-law, I might add, brand new to the family. She comes in and picks up the controller and we're all friends now, by the way. I I should throw that out. I love them and they love me and we're all okay. Anyway, she picks up the controller and pushes a couple buttons and then like drops the controller and is like, Somebody erased it. Oh no! And I was like sinking into the pit of despair. <laughs> like, and she like goes to the other room. My brother turns around, like points his finger at me, and then like leaves the room. And I'm like, oh no! What have I done? And so she was like crying. She's like, I spent so many hours, which I'm sure she did. Like that's legit. Yeah, a lot. Those of work. are no joke. It's no joke. And so I was like mortified, and oh, I I've never quite outlived that. And so maybe that's when I stopped playing video games. I don't remember. <laughs> the that could have been like, the end of my gaming career. No more career. gaming for me. I don't remember. But I think everybody at one point in their life or another who has played games oh, has like man. lost a save file. <laughs> yeah. And it's so distressing when it, it happens. It was distressing. But especially when it's somebody else's. Oh, you're like, man. what have I done? I no. am like, I was the worst human being on the planet right at that moment. So <sighs> like I said, we're all good friends and, and we love each other and they've forgiven me, I think. So <laughs> it's all funny. good. Good. Well, I'm glad that, uh, yeah, it didn't, yeah, it didn't ruin any relationships yes. permanently <laughs> because uh, gaming can do that. It, it gets can. a little intense it can from time to time <laughs> and there are some pitfalls certainly when it comes to gaming yeah there are obviously some criticisms that tend to pop sure. up in our culture and gaming has yeah. kind of a checkered past when it comes right. to its reputation and what people think of it yeah and that's kind of why i was interested in kind of your perspective on this Kara, because yeah. obviously isaac and i were into gaming so we're gonna probably have a higher opinion of it than, sure. than many people might yeah yeah but as sure. someone who's kind of a little bit more as an adult on the outside looking in on the hobby yeah, I was kind of curious as to like your perceptions of gaming yeah. and whether it's healthy or not. You know, any of that. It's interesting because I don't consider myself a gamer, but I also don't consider myself like an anti-gamer. Mm-hmm. But I'm very aware that it can be a little bit controversial. And so, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. How would you address some of these pitfalls that people tend to bring up whenever video games are talked about? Like, oh, it's so addictive and kids just get sucked into it and it's mm-hmm. so bad for their brain. Like I have nieces and nephews and I know my brother and sister-in-law are concerned about that. Right. For their kids. And I understand uh, even as an aunt being like, oh, well, yeah. Is it good for them? Like, how would you guys address some of those issues like addiction, maybe even the possibility for social isolation or like the violence and the the extreme content of some of the games and how that affects their psyches. Yeah. So let's start with the addiction thing first, because I think that is an oft repeated claim that you hear like video games are extremely addicting for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. I think I can say this. I think almost anybody that has been around someone who enjoys gaming or who has been into gaming themselves has probably seen at least one personal example of somebody getting sucked into gaming a little bit 
too much, yes. right? I mean, yes. that's not exactly super right. rare. Yeah. I was curious though, like because I think we have a tendency to use words like addiction and toss those words mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. and I think we have to be careful about what we mean mm-hmm. by using that word when we're sure. using it in any particular instance because addiction there can be a very like clinical kind of definition for that or there's a more kind of just colloquial definition Mm. of that right like he's addicted to video games meaning he plays lots of video games right right is that the same thing as an actual addiction right Mm. I, i don't know but i'm certainly not like an expert on this issue but i did do a little bit of research kind of leading up into this discussion trying to read up on video games and addiction and if you google this there's endless amounts of search results for video game addiction but as i was looking into it more and more at least from what i had seen it actually was kind of surprising to me how little Mm. true like scientific research has been done on video game addiction. Hmm. Part of it is because the studies are really difficult to design and perform in a way that really Mm -hmm. gives you any concrete information. Hmm. And the other thing that is really interesting is I was kind of interested in how does gaming addiction compare to other types of media addiction. So we talk a lot about gaming addiction, but what about TV shows or Mm, movies or things like that? And I could find almost nothing comparing the two. Wow. And I thought that was kind of interesting as well. And this is just a theory of mine. I I don't know if it's really accurate or not, but I kind of wonder if part of the reason why we think so much about video game addiction compared to other forms of media addiction is that video games, especially in the past, this may be changing now with people in my generation starting to Mm -hmm. uh, reach, you know, middle adulthood, But especially in the past, video gaming was really always kind of perceived as like a kid's Mm. activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas like movies and TV shows are not exclusively for children, right? There's obviously lots of movies and TV shows for adults as well. Yeah. And we have a tendency to be really concerned about things when it comes to our kids, right? Yes, bad language is bad, but especially for young kids. Or violence in movies is not good, but especially for kids, right? Mm -hmm. And because video games in the past have kind of been more of an exclusive children's activity Hmm. i wonder if that's heightened our level of concern as a culture our kids are getting too addicted to video games and as adults we don't understand this because we're not into video games right because our parents generation if they got into video games they were already adults when that happened for the most part Mm. other than you know maybe some really old school stuff right so i wonder if that is part of the disconnect because just anecdotally it doesn't really seem like there's anything about video games that would make it necessarily more addicting than it's true binge watching TV episode. I think there's something to it, like the type of media too, because it's like a active thing and you have an active participation in it. I don't think anyone would have a problem telling someone else, Oh yeah, I binge watched this show over the weekend. That's all I did. But if you tell someone like I spent all day Saturday playing video games with my friend that somehow gets a different, right? Mm. We use binge where we would use addicted if mm. it's video games, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. but huh. I think there's something to that. Obviously there are times where video game overuse happens. Sure. I've mm. been there personally at yeah. various times in my life. Yes. I think as I got older and more mature, I mm. learned how to control that habit mm. and make it a healthy one. Yeah. But there was definitely a time period, probably high school, college age yeah. was the worst, yeah. where I think I probably did overuse video games. Mm. I just think that sometimes we emphasize the overuse of video games more than, than we emphasize media. the... Yeah. I think that's fair. Socially, there's more of a stereotype around... Forgive me for this little, I don't know, I feel like this is kind of offensive, but the stereotype of like a basement troll. Right. Somebody who like yes. lives That's in their That's our word. You don't get to use that word. 
Okay. That's our Sorry. word. I think Sorry. the official term now is neckbeard. Yeah. I didn't even know that. But I think it does kind of carry like the social isolation connotation right. with it where like yeah. you're locked away and you mm-hmm. don't get sunlight. Or like you're not a responsible adult. Yeah. Right. You, you're forsaking your yeah. social life and right. work responsibilities and right. everything else just to play games 24-7. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a fair assumption because right. you guys are perfectly functioning adults. You're, mm. you're very smart people. <laughs> Isaac thinks that's debatable. I do think that's something that is changing both the public perception of it and actual reality Reality. as well. Like, not that all video gamers in the past were that either, because I do think that was an unfair characterization and still is an unfair characterization for a lot of people. But I also think the advent of like the Internet and online gaming has changed the level of social interaction around mm, gaming right. which in helps. a pretty dramatic way. Mm. I mean, when I was a kid, I did spend a fair amount of time playing video games on my own yeah. because I owned a system right. yeah. myself. My sister, my one sibling, wasn't super into playing, right. and so I didn't really have other people to play with unless I invited them over, yeah. which I did, but there were times where I'd get a new Zelda game or some single-player game, yeah. right, and I'd lock myself away in a room and play for a few hours yeah. without anyone else. Yeah. And I will admit, like watching movies or TV shows for a lot of people, at least for me, maybe this is just because of my family atmosphere. I didn't usually just pick out a movie and go watch it by myself locked Mm, in a room or something. That's interesting. And so I I do think there was an aspect of that social isolation thing that was true Mm -hmm. and still could be true for some people today. Mm -hmm. But with online gaming, the most popular games of today are multiplayer games. You're playing with other people by necessity. And it just kind of creates this atmosphere where you want to go seek out friends or people to play with. That's interesting. Which kind of is interesting. All of a sudden the social isolation thing is almost turned into social interaction right. as a result mm. of video games. Yeah. I think the more we talk about esports and stuff like that and mm. the less people roll their eyes when they hear like e athlete in esports like right. they see people going to competitions with mm. teams and it becomes more normalized to have something like a team of League of Legends players, stuff right. like that. That's a game, by the way. <laughs> um, I think that it's really cool to see people like treating it more as a hobby activity where it's people from right. all walks of life. And I do think like the gaming community is diversifying. It's not just mm. kind of the 20 year old guy. Right. The yeah. Typical stereotype that's playing games. Now you go to a lot of these like conferences or these competitions that are happening with right. esports and you see a lot of people of a lot of different ages mm-hmm. you see both men and women right it's not just a male thing necessarily yeah, yeah. And, and so i think that's kind of exciting uh, mm. that some of that's becoming more mainstream and i do think a lot of that has to do with a lot of people who grew up with games reaching adulthood right mm-hmm. and so now that's kind of proliferating through yeah, society yeah. at multiple levels so yeah. what about this question of violent and intense content mm. is that somehow worse in video games? Is it worse because you're actively a part of the video game as opposed to passively watching it? Do video games cause school shooters? I mean, people are talking about these types of questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's questions I've heard raised that I would be curious what your guys thoughts were on that. I think it's a really good question. And honestly, like I, I don't really know from a research standpoint. Yeah. I did read some research studies that were talking about how there are studies that show that certain types of people who engage with certain types of games Mm. are more likely to show violent tendencies or Mm. antisocial tendencies Mm. as a result of gaming. So it does happen. Yeah. And I think Mm. one thing that's a little bit unfortunate is because gamers often feel so marginalized Mm. and so attacked Mm. over this issue 
issue and these other issues we've been talking about, hmm. it's really tempting to get really defensive yeah. and just blanket defend gaming from any and all right. attacks mm. or criticisms. That's, and yeah. so when people say, you know, violent video games promote aggressive behavior, my instinctive response is to go, no, they don't. Because right. I've played violent video games and I'm not a violent person. Mm. Right. And that is true, but that doesn't mean it's true across the board mm. either. But that's also true the other way around, right? There, right. there are people who have played right. violent video games that don't become violent people at all. Yeah. yeah. So mm. it goes both ways, I guess, maybe would it be does. like the short answer to and that I question. Think it's also tied into like the disconnect between people who don't know about video games who might be parents and their yes. young kids are playing games they shouldn't really have. Like there's mm -hmm. a rating on oh, those games. Like, yeah. But I think like it's the parent's job or the caretaker's mm. job to know like in the same way you wouldn't want Junior to watch like an R-rated movie. Right. I think like keeping that content away from people who aren't mature enough to appreciate it. Yeah, right. it's a good idea. And, and honestly, even for myself as a fully grown man, yeah. there have been times where I have played a game or watched a movie for that matter. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it goes across different yeah. mediums that I've later gone. You know what? That probably wasn't mm. really a great idea mm. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. yeah. And there are absolutely games like that mm. where I've played something and I've gone that. Yeah, I've had that feeling like even while I'm playing yeah. it and going like, I don't know if this is really yeah. that good for me. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I've had times where I've said, OK, that's enough. I don't want the, any, yeah. to see this anymore or play this anymore. Mm. And then there are times where I have and later regretted it. Yeah. And, and I do yeah. think that's something that gamers need to be and parents too, like need to be aware of. Are there games out there that cross the line? Absolutely. There are sure. That's a no brainer. Yeah. But this happens across lots of types of media. We've had conversations on this show about music and yeah. right, the yeah. types of music we really ought to be listening to versus the ones that we should not. Certainly individual people and their maturity levels and all of that play a role and right. a factor in that. But there's also occasionally probably some stuff that's just objectively not very healthy. It's dishonest for gamers to say, no, violence in, in all of these games, <laughs> right. none of this is ever a problem right. any of the time. Yeah. I don't think that's true either. Yeah. yeah. So tell me what you guys love about gaming. Why, why is it that when somebody comes to you and says games are evil and here's all the things I mean besides that they're fun it seems yeah. like it's just a fun activity what is it that you love about it that you feel like people who aren't gamers maybe miss I think the big thing for me the reason that I love video games and I'm not quite as into TV shows and movies is the active participant mm. idea versus TVs and movies you're more of a passive consumer mm. of the content so when you're watching a movie you're watching a character do a certain set of things and waiting to see what the outcome is right. when you're playing a game you are that character you kind of inhabit that character mm -hmm. and in some of the really great games that are designed really well you even maybe get to make choices right. or decisions for that character mm -hmm. that affect the people or other characters around you that affect the world around you. Yeah. They don't just do, you know, would you like to eat an egg or a pancake <laughs> for breakfast? It's not about right and wrong even. Right. It's about this right or that right. But also both of those rights are kind of wrong because right. everything is gray. It, yeah. It's real life. Yeah. Kind of condensed and put hmm. into this video game experience. Yeah. And so there's a lot of other aspects to that as well. Learning problem solving, yeah. decision making. There also have been studies that have been done that show that uh, for certain types of video games, they help develop mental quickness and other wow. cognitive skills. So there are 
research studies that show there are benefits to gaming yeah, as well yeah. uh, to these drawbacks. And, and some of those things are what I love about gaming the most. I've got a friend on that note who now is an economics nerd, but mm-hmm. he got his introduction into like basic economics through playing Eve online, which wow. is like an online MMO with <laughs> That's spaceships. Funny. That's amazing. I've had hours of discussions with him talking about financial stuff. <laughs> All related to space and spaceships. Wow. Nothing real whatsoever. But it's that's fun, amazing. Yeah. But to my end, like social interaction is a huge thing with gaming for me. Flashing back to 2006, 2007, playing Halo in my parents' mm-hmm. basement with all my friends. Like, oh, yeah. I'm talking 10 rowdy dudes, Mountain Dew, Code Red. It's <laughs> so basically 3. all the stereotypes. All the, the stereotypes. Exactly. Right those. We were the indoor kids and it was a blast. Like, yeah. it was so much fun. And like, uh. these same guys, I've grown up with them. We've played games together. Now we all live really far apart. And yes. I actually noticed my headset broke, like my <gasps> microphone, oh. and I haven't played games recently. We play Fortnite together, and yeah. the whole point of it was hopping on a team and visiting with people. Oh. And I don't have that. Like, I'm going to get a new headset this weekend. But yes. kind of cool. I kind of noticed, like, oh, I haven't been playing very much because the reason I play isn't really here right now. Yeah. I can remember, like, on my, it was one of my birthdays, I had a bunch of people over. Someone had brought Halo and their Xbox over. We had like three set up. We stayed yes. up for 24 straight hours. Oh, just. I remember when people used to do that. Yes. Yeah. That was a thing. The land party. The land party. Land party. It was <laughs> so much fun. And we still talk about like those fun days of like our yes. biggest problem was finding another coupon for Pizza Hut. Oh. And like it was just a fun time. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a friend that's going to be getting married this fall uh-huh. and is a college friend of mine that I used to play a lot of games with. Yeah. And so we're going to be getting together this fall with a bunch of friends from college and (laughs) I know that when we get together (laughs) even just like sitting around like you know at a restaurant table or something we're all going to be talking about the most epic Age of Empires games yeah. or Halo <laughs> matches. Yeah. Like we still remember moments that happened in games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because those were defining experiences Completely. that we went through as a group. Yeah. And we're going to be reminiscing about those things 10 to 12 years later. For sure. We're going to be talking about, do you remember that epic Age of Empires game? Where <laughs> well, Andrew got killed by a boar. Yeah. Like, wow. And I think there's really something to that. Like we all have these group bonding experiences and you can share them with either baseball games that you've played or literally mm, yeah. you're all crowded around a TV. It's cool. The one other thing I would say about gaming that I love is stories. And this is kind of similar to movies and TV shows. It's the same thing. Like really great games often have really, really great stories, Hmm. especially like single player games. And I've had actually a lot of fun experiences with my wife around this because my wife doesn't dislike video games necessarily, but she feels like she's not very good at them. Mm. So she gets frustrated with the mechanics of playing the game. So then it's not fun. Right. She feels like she can't get the character to do what she knows she wants it to do. Mm. And that's a frustrating disconnect for her that that I don't have. But she loves sitting on the couch and just watching me play through a game because she wants to see what happens. Interesting. So she wants to see the story progress, just like a movie or a TV show or whatever. And so we have a lot of really fun experiences playing games where I get the enjoyment of being an active participant. And then she kind of, by proxy, gets to do the same thing through me. I'm like, hey, I, I met this point, like, what should I do? And she yeah. kind of speaks into, oh. I think you should try this or whatever. Yeah. We were playing a game the other day. I say we, I was playing it. She was sitting <laughs> next to me watching. Yeah. We were playing this game called A Tale of Two Brothers. Uh-huh. And it's this really fascinating game that's really very, very story driven about mm-hmm. two brothers who lose their mom and their dad is sick and they're trying to go seek out this healing medication for their dad. And so the whole thing is this adventure of these two brothers, a younger one and an older one. 
and Dre literally cried at the end of oh. the, at the end of the game. Oh I, I almost did because it, it's actually really emotional what happens. But she's sitting there and saying like, I think you should try talking to this character or do this. So yeah. she's we're getting to kind of bond through wow. the shared experience of going through one of those stories yeah. and learning something about yeah. ourselves and the characters and all of those things. It's fascinating. Even if she's not actually pressing any buttons on a controller. That's interesting. I don't think I knew that about video games. I think I have been so out of touch since the Mario days that <laughs> I still think of video games as very much like you jump up and down right. and you do this and you move here and you, it's so much more complex, it sounds like. And, and that's really cool because, I mean, I think about, for me, it's movies. Like, right. I, love, I know you're a big story person. Yeah. That's oh, what you're all about. Yeah, like, stories right. are my thing. And so that's cool to hear. And I think I have some video games for you. Kara. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> but I think just for you guys, like to give you a little bit of a break, I think all the social aspects and all the things that you said are awesome. But I think even if it's something that you do in your like introvert time, we're all introverts here, right? So yeah, we know true. that we need alone time to recharge. Right. I don't see any reason why it's worse to spend your introvert time, maybe recharging with a video game. If you mm. have an hour or two on the weekend, then it is for me to sit down and watch a movie or read right. a book. Some people might argue that it's, but I don't, I don't see why that's any worse. Yeah. I think it's just as valid just because somebody else doesn't understand it. Doesn't mean it's not valid. Right. We all have our own hobbies that other people don't understand. Yeah. Right. And, you're and, like, and all of yeah. those hobbies have the same potential dangers too. Absolutely. Like we could spend way too much time or get lost in any of those things and forsake right our actual in real life responsibilities. Right. And and so we have to be careful about that no matter what Exactly. We have to about. be grown ups about it and say, right. I have to set some boundaries on myself. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy this as well and turn it into something redemptive and something that can give life to the rest of my life and relationships. Now it is time for our on repeat songs of the week. My favorite song that I cannot stop listening to right now is If by Beautiful Eulogy. It can mean everything, it can mean nothing. One word makes a difference. It can mean everything, it can mean nothing. One word changes everything. I only really discovered Beautiful Eulogy within the last year or two, and I absolutely love them. Mm. My wife loves them too, and together we've kind of taken to calling this type of music sermon rap, which I I don't know if that's like an actual name or not, but that's kind of what I get from it. It really reminds me of sitting through a sermon at a church or even maybe like a college lecture in like a Bible class or something. I mean, the like theological depth that is packed into their music is at another level. Yeah. I've never really heard music that has that kind of characteristic to its its lyrics. It's like dense. It is. (laughs) It's really, really heavy. Yeah. And so it's not the perfect kind of music for every day necessarily. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want just a steady stream of that all of the time. Yeah. But I don't know, the combination of rap music and this like dense theological truth Mm, is something that I had never found before. And it fascinates me and I just love it. This song in particular is talking about the word if. The word if makes the difference for everything. Mm. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, our lives would be extremely different. If God stripped away things from me and I didn't Mm. have what I had, would I still, would I still consider it gain, Mm. asking really, really difficult questions and posing really interesting thought experiments where like you, you listen to a song like this 
and start thinking about it. And it's yeah. hard, at least for someone like me, to stop. Here at JBU, they have a motto that's head, heart, and hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've always thought that was kind of interesting because I think there are different people who are different types of people naturally. Mm. Maybe you're a head person or a hand person or a heart person. Yeah. I'm a head person. That's who I am. Mm. I like to think about things and logic stuff out and and work through things in my mm. mind. And so that's probably part of why mm. Beautiful Eulogy and all of their music really, yeah. really appeals yeah. to me because it's music that makes you think. My on repeat this week is Face to Face by Matt Carney. I feel your thunder pouring like rain down on the mountains of all my mistakes rolling like rivers running with grace into the ocean of your embrace i can't believe i haven't had a matt carney song yet is on this the our first matt carney song you've had i'm oh pretty gosh. sure it is that is a miracle it's a shock because every time matt carney <laughs> his voice comes on the radio or on anywhere i'm nearby i have to i like freak out ask these guys i'll be like oh my gosh Ooh, matt carney have i told you that i love this guy i love this guy's music have i mentioned that so i discovered matt carney a few years ago when i was in kind of a rough place and i remember the first album of his that i really got into it was the young is it called young love his mm-hmm. last album for this yeah and it was a big deal for me i was like what is this music <laughs> who is this man who speaks these words and so i love a lot of things about his music it's very vulnerable it's very genuine it's beautiful i love his melodies and the guy can do no wrong for me i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. so this song is not brand new or anything i think it's on our top 20 list on our spotify mm-hmm. playlist right now but i just love it and every time i hear it i'm like i'm still not tired of it so It just, to me, is a song about struggle and everyday life. He says, how many miles must it take to break through? How many hours must we wait to hear the truth? How many chances did I forfeit too afraid to miss? And the chorus, I just, I just love. There's something so, like, it brings out this visceral deep breath in me. So if Anson is over there, the head, I'm over here with the heart. And that is like Matt Carney to me. Like his songs are like all heart. Mm -hmm. And so the chorus says, I feel your thunder pouring like rain down on the mountains of all my mistakes, rolling like rivers running with grace into the oceans of your embrace. My on repeat this week is Tomorrow Will Come by Cass and Heights. Here I am. This is probably week number three that I'm admitting to liking a really poppy song. <laughs> All of my hardcore friends You're are officially on. converted. What are you doing? Like spin kicking a room or something. <laughs> so I first got into Cass when she was featured on Lightwork. Right. Yes. And I was like, who is this beautiful? <laughs> what? What is this music cutting through this dense rap song. Mm -hmm. This song is kind of like a pop video game soundtrack kind of. And um, it has like a really good sort of catchy verse and chorus. But what really wraps it and kind of ties it together with a neat little bow is the uh, last verse on it. It's in the midst of all my fears, you still hold it all. I know you will never leave me. You are in control. And it's kind of that Mm. bringing it home moment. Like it's a fun song, but then it hits you with like this Mm. bam, this right hook of like theology where you're going, (laughs) oh, Oh, that, that was, <laughs> I needed to hear that word right now. Uh, and I just find myself in a place every now and then where a fun song that delivers truth is really cool to me. All 
All right, well, that wraps up our episode on video games. I have a question for both of you as we wrap up. Okay. Favorite game? <gasps> Go. Halo 3, just because of the memories that I have. Okay. Screaming at my TV. Halo 3. <laughs> Kara, you got one? From my whole life? Yes. History? Just okay. whatever comes out of your mind. <laughs> Probably Mario Paint, because it, it's not go. even like a real game, but it was I'm gonna fun. I'm going to watch some old Mario Paint right? YouTube videos just to hear the music again. I know. How many, how many graphic designers exist today because of Mario Paint? and raise his hand. That's awesome. If you want a game that has good story and that's not difficult to play, yes. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Valley. Go look up Stardew Valley. It costs like 10 bucks. Uh-huh. You can play it on a computer. Okay. Stardew Valley. Love it. Next week, Kara's going to be like, oh my god. <laughs> Kara turns gamer. Yeah. <laughs> and now for the epic 30 Rock quote to end this episode. Uh, of course, it's got to be about video games. So Frank said one time to Liz Lemon, I get all my news from the radio on Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> listening to the real talk podcast from real fm catch real talk with anson and kara from 4 to 7 p.m live every weekday on real fm radio the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of john brown university klrc radio or real fm